Tucker's back. <laughs> more UFO stuff, believe it or not. Yeah. And more bad news for TikTok. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hi, it's Wednesday, hump day, halfway through the week. We're sliding on into the weekend. Oh, can't wait. I just got some potentially incredible news, which is why I'm so full of energy just right at the start of the show here. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. It may not happen. But if it happens, it will be one of the best things that happens happened to me in several years. So anyway, uh, it has the potential to be very cool. I can't tell you any more than that. I've got to keep it QC right now. But oh, my goodness, it could be it could be a very good month. <laughs> all right yeah we got all that and more coming up right now though we always start off our show with an update on ichiko mikoto we call her miko and it's the miko update i don't have any cute pictures or anything i didn't take any today she was a bit kind of laying around being lazy every all of her poses i think you've already seen the guarding the door the laying on her back with her feet up in the air she's she was doing that all day today. I think she was overheated because every time I saw her, she was on her back with all her feet up in the air, balls to the wall, even though she's a girl. So, you know, but she is going to be transitioning. She's decided to change her pronouns to it. And uh, we're going to be doing that sometime very soon. So anyway, yeah, the Miko update is brought to you by the amazingly good folks at BarkBox.com. BarkBox.com slash Miko is our special link, which will get you a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription at BarkBox. Every single month delivered right to your door for your dog, you will get a themed box full of two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew. All natural ingredients, good for you, good for your dog. And if you're ever not happy with anything, they have a one 100% happiness guarantee. They will make it right. You get a hold of their amazing customer service folks. They'll make it right for you. BarkBox.com. Now, if you look in our show notes, that link is there, BarkBox.com slash Miko. Then it says, or, and there's another link there. Kind of a squirrely looking link, but that's what they do when they set it up. That will get you a separate if you choose a fun boy water toy, there's four different kinds to choose from. And check that out too from BarkBox.com. So either one, just check it out, whatever special you'd like to, uh, you'd like to take pot in, then by all means do it. Uh, you know what? I was going through my Twitter feed just before I went on the air tonight. And I thought, you know, I should just put my Twitter feed up and and stick that on the side and just scroll through Twitter and make comments at the things that I people I follow post because that would be a show in itself. I get some of my stuff from Twitter because I like to keep an eye on what people are talking about, what's trending, what, you know. I don't cover all the big, big stories because everybody covers those stories. I like to pick the weird ones, the odd ones, the ones maybe you haven't heard so much about. And of course, I do follow and cover a little bit about the, all the big stuff that's happening. But seriously, when I looked through my Twitter feed tonight, it was absolutely full. It was just a show in itself. I might do that one night. Instead of all this planning and producing I do to put the show together every day, I might just take my Twitter feed and we'll just call it up 
and see what happens. An interesting idea, not bad. Uh, All right, well, in today's show, we've got Tucker Carlson. He is back. This is amazing. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to do exactly what I just said, but with a specific purpose in mind. Under trending, of course, in news is Tucker. And man, I'm telling you, take a look at this. He, If you hadn't heard, he put out his first episode today on Twitter, Tucker on Twitter. And there it is. And take a look right there. 67.3 million views and 178.7 thousand shares. So, wow. Imagine the views from those shares plus those views direct from Tucker. And this is the show that he put out. There's a link. I think I might have put this link in our show notes. I have to check it out and see. But I, I did put a link to uh, some uh, some of the stories in about it in our show notes. In fact, the, uh, the post-millennial did a story about the fact that Tucker is back. And you know what? Not only, frankly, I think your lighting's a little dark, Tucker. You should brighten it up a little bit. I get the idea you want to look different from your Fox stuff, but it is just a little, you know, 5% too dark. Anyway, breaking. There's the news story. It's in our show notes. Tucker Carlson drops his first episode of Tucker on Twitter. Questions the media narrative on the Karkova Dam. And uh, you've got to watch the show because he kicks some butt. You know, somebody, this is what prompted me to think I should just put my Twitter feed up and, and comment on tweets. Somebody made the comment, I think it was Cat Turd, celebrating Tucker's new epi- first episode on, tweet, on Twitter. Mainstream media, the lying propaganda bullshit that is the mainstream media is done. You are dead man walking. We are the new news sources. We are the new information sources. We are where you will get your news from. Now look, there's a lot of whack jobs out there. There's a lot of people that absolutely spread this tinfoil hat stuff and you got to sift through it you got to check sources. Just because somebody says something doesn't mean it's the truth. you got to wait and see. you got to check the headlines and not mainstream media headlines. But the internet, you and I, we are the new media. Mainstream media, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, MSNBC, they're just, they're dead men walking. They're done. Nothing but propagandists. We all know it. And we all see it now. If you are still getting your news and information from one of those mainstream sites, I, I there's no hope for you. I don't know what to say. You can't be saved. Fox News host, a former Fox News host, Tucker Carlson, dropped his first ever episode of his new show, Tucker on Twitter, uh, today. Followed his ousting from Fox, of course, in April. He jumped right into recent news, reporting there's been an explosion at the Karhovka Dam in southern Ukraine. He noted that this attack puts the largest nuclear reactor in Europe in danger of melting down and explain that such a catastrophic potential consequence indicates that if done purposefully, such an act was one of terrorism, 
not a military tactic. He took some time to attack uh, Warhawks and Washington's establishment like Lindsey Graham and uh, Nikki Haley, both complete idiots. Uh, uh, they continue to uh, show their support for the military-industrial complex. He also dunked on American neoconservative commentator Bill Kristol over his allegation that Russia sabotaged its own construction. Putin did it. Putin did it, Carlson exclaimed sarcastically. The former Fox host also observed news stories that one would expect to be absolute bombshells have largely gone ignored. On Monday, and we're going to cover this coming up next, a former U.S. Air Force officer revealed the U.S. government has physical evidence of crashed non-human-made aircraft. And when asked, does that include the little green men? He said, somebody's got to fly those things, and we got those too. It's a freakish story. Anyway, I'll cover that in a sec. Uh, he wrapped up the segment with a message to his viewers that he is grateful to be on Twitter and promises he will be back with much more in short order. And we are very pleased to have watched I watched it. It was absolutely, absolutely incredible. And again, I did put the link to this first episode. It's the second link down, episode one. And yeah, 67 point one sixty seven point five million views and that's just on Tucker's own Twitter account that doesn't cover the hundreds of thousands of retweets <laughs> mm -hmm. by mainstream media it was nice while it la well it wasn't so nice but it was okay while it lasted get out don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. All right. Well, we just talked about it. Now we're going to bring you the deets. Uh, UFOs. Indeed. We, you know, what did I tell you? What did I tell you on, our, on the last show, show before that? They're leaking all this little crap out that little drips and drabs, drip here, drip, 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 drip. So you slowly get used to the idea about UFOs because they already know. They already know they're real. They have them. They have the pilots, the little green men, extraterrestrial beings. They've had them likely, I believe, for years. But now they're leaking the information out, little drips and drabs. And like I said, Project Bluebeam, there is a tinfoil hat story out there. It's been out there for years that one day they will fake an alien invasion in order to move forward with their great reset plans or a one world government. I, for one, I don't know if I believe it, believe it, but I will tell you, I, in my heart of hearts, believe it is something they would do. They absolutely would do it. Whether or not it's going to happen, that I can't be so sure about. Would they do it? If given the chance, in a freaking heartbeat. Take a look at this story. Another little drips and drabs for you. U.S. has UFOs of non-human origin, ex-intelligence officer claims. An ex-military and intelligence worker 
given an interview in which he said that the U.S. has found and covered up several non-human origin crafts. David Grush, he's 36 years old, Air Force vet. He told News Nation Monday, Monday night, that a top-secret military program found the wreckage of fully intact UFOs and unidentified aerial phenomenon, which now they managed to make it some other weird word that nobody knows what it means. Um, yeah. They are retrieving non-human origin technical vehicles. Call it spacecraft, if you will. Uh, non-human exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. He said that in those wreckages, the pilots of those crafts were found. Naturally, when you recover something that's either landed or crashed, sometimes you encounter dead pilots, and believe it or not, as fantastical as it sounds, it is true. The whistleblower said, Grush previously worked as the National Reconnaissance Office's representatives to the UAP task force. He also saw combat in Afghanistan. This is not a screw-around guy. This guy's got the credentials, and this is what he is absolutely saying. There were 510 UAP sightings in last year, up from 366 in the previous year. That's from the Office for the Director of National Intelligence. In January, they reported that. Only 171 of 510, it's a very small percentage, were deemed to appear to have demonstrated unusual flight characteristics or performance capabilities and require further analysis. The remainder were balloon-like entities or clutter. There is actually a, uh, a video of that interview with this whistleblower uh, in this article, which is in our news, our show notes tonight. Uh, he claims the claims cannot be verified by Newsweek, of course, duh. Uh, but they have kick-started a discussion on social media. It is all over social media. If you haven't seen it yet, you will, uh, about whether or not aliens and their crafts could be already here on our planet. I'm telling you they are. They absolute. I have believed that for the longest time, and I just more believe it now. The majority of UAPs can be accounted for as balloons, drones, drifting aerial junk. In some cases, the visual impression is impacted by perspective bias. You see what you want to see, basically. Anyway, he's saying there is a small percentage of observa observations that remain unexplained. Wow. Federal government lying to the people to cover up the existence of these craft? There is a sophisticated disinformation campaign targeting the U.S. populace, which is extremely unethical and immoral. You got that right. So, again, somebody who has the credentials knows that from what he talks is saying, yep, they're out there, we got them, and we got the inhabitants, too. Wow. Imagine. Imagine. 
All right, just uh, give me a second here. We want to uh, take time to thank one of our great sponsors here on the Jay Sheldon Show, and that would include this incredible company. No, not that guy. He's got his own blend there, but the company is Blackout Coffee. It is an amazing coffee that helps our troops, our first responders. This company believes in work, hard work, American values, all the stuff you and I hold dear to our hearts, conservative values. The founders believe in personal responsibility, family, respect, traditional American values. It is also, of course, the absolute best small batch coffee, fresh roasted, you will find on the market. This stuff is amazing. All kinds of different blends. They source premium grade green coffee beans graded at 80 points or above on a 100 point scale they are roasted just by the time you get them shipped to your door they will have been roasted within 24 to 48 hours at the outside so these will indeed be fresh roasted beans delivered right to your door gotcha special deal there's a link down there in our show notes just expand it down look for blackout coffee it's right up at the top and uh, you will get an incredible deal. And because I know you guys loves your promo codes, we got you that too. When you go to checkout, just put in promo code JS20. J-A-Y-S, like J. Sheldon, J-A-Y-S 20 at checkout. And you will get 20% off your first order with Blackout Coffee. Good stuff. Great great American company that believes in all that good stuff that you and I believe in. Our good old American values. And none of this first world order, great reset, one world government, WHO crap. Speaking of which, here we go. I told you. You, you cannot say I did not tell you and warn you about this. Hold on. It's time for a blackout coffee break. Okay, the WHO, listen closely, listen, eyes front. The WHO plots to use the EU vaccine passport tech to form a global digital health certificate. The word global is in there. That means you, that means me, that means everybody on the planet and they're going to base it on the eu vas vax, uh, vaccine passport tech they announced they're going to adopt the eu's digital covid vaccine passport framework to create a global network of digital health certificates now you remember when i told you how they're going to sell this to you it's for your safety it's for the good of everyone it's for your convenience. Long thought of as a conspiracy theory, it now is 100% coming true. This new initiative is going to be called the Global Digital Health Certification Network. They said it'll take up the European Union system of uh, their certification to establish a global system that will help facilitate global mobility. You see, it'll be so much easier for you to move around when you have this. And 
protect citizens across the world from ongoing and future health threats. See, it's for your own safety. It's for the good of the community. Mm. This uh, moronic general, director general, Tetros, whatever the hell his name is, said that building on the EU's highly successful digital cert network, the WHO aims to offer all WHO member states access to an open source digital health tool. No thank you. Not interested. You can just keep that, take that crap and shove it where the sun don't shine because I won't have one. I don't want one. I don't care. I cannot wait for 2024. It can't come soon enough because you know among the many first things our new president's going to do is to dump this WHO crap and just say, nope, thanks, bye-bye, not interested. And that cannot happen quickly enough. I am H-O. <laughs> I know I'm far too old of a boomer to be using those kind of things. <sighs> hey, speaking of things we've warned you about, here's another one. TikTok. Mm-hmm. I've told you before, and I've got to say it every time I mention this or we do a story about it, get TikTok off your phone, get TikTok off your kids' phones. It is spyware, it is virus, it is malware, it spies on every single thing you do, whether you put it up online or not. It has access to your pictures. It can even read the text you type that you don't send. You take your phone and you type out some... Oh, yeah, by the way, see that? There's Miko in the back of my phone case. You type out something on your phone. Now you're going to rant and rave. It's like, oh, you got to hell. And then you go, uh, okay, I'm not going to send that. Delete. You know what? They know what you just wrote. I am not kidding. Check the terms of service. Now... One of the things TikTok's been trying to do to keep itself from being banned is, is to distance themselves from China and the connections with the CCP. They've been, you know, oh, no, no, it's all done by uh, outside people. It's not done in China. Lie. The TikTok code is worked on from China. Software developers based in China are writing the code for TikTok. Triggering concerns, the CCP can access the data of more than 1 billion users worldwide, as well as force their staff to silence dissenting voices, elevate pro-communist narratives, and sow seeds of division in democracies. You know, bot accounts, things like that. A code sample, which was seen by the Australian Financial Review, shows that engineers at TikTok's Chinese parent company, ByteDance, are linked directly to the software development, and while much of TikTok's code is obfuscated, making it hard to tell what's going on, the sample appears to control broadcasting and moderation of live streaming. Code samples correlated with the version of the popular video sharing app used on Android devices, show that at least a dozen email addresses with usernames were associated 
with ByteDance directly in China. Get this crap off your phone. Get this crap off your kids' phones. I know what a fight that's going to be. Millions of users, millions of videos uploaded. There's always rumble. I hate to say it, but there's YouTube, which sucks, but it's there. But TikTok, you know, I don't, Instagram, anything, just not TikTok. It is absolute garbage. Spyware. For all intents, it is a virus. For lack of a better word, it is a virus. I, speaking of young people, which would you prefer? Government surveillance cameras in every home? Or no government surveillance cameras in every home? I think the answer to that is probably pretty obvious. Mm, Maybe not to some people. You're going to be very, very surprised at this next story coming up in just a bit. Before we get to it, though, we want to tell you about a way, well-timed, we want to tell you about a way to protect your privacy, and that is, in this digital age, our online privacy, more important than ever. And that is why NordVPN is the perfect solution to protecting your privacy, your internet activity. You can browse the web securely, privately, without worrying about hackers, snoopers, or, you know, even your own ISP, your own internet service provider can collect your data and sell it off to marketers and the like. Uh, Military-grade encryption ensures that your information and your data is safe and confidential. And not only does Nord, NordVPN protect your privacy, it also unlocks a world of online content, if you know what I mean. 5,000 servers in 59 countries, you can access your favorite websites, streaming services, shows from anywhere in the world, and it protects your family and friends because with your one NordVPN account, you can connect to six devices you your wife or husband or partner uh, your kids your dog and whoever else has access you put up to six devices on one nordvpn account so down there in our show notes use our special link and you will get this deal 59 percent off nordvpn and three extra months free that's a deal Wow. Check that out. NordVPN. Stay safe online. Protect your privacy. Protect your data and your information. From the story I just read you, more important than ever, ever before. Although it seems privacy isn't really that important to people under 30. I do not have a big audience of people under 30 on my show because of the stuff we cover and my conservative attitude about things. And that's fine. This show's not for you. I don't mind. That's, that's you know, hey, we're all here to have a conversation. You do you. Take a look at this survey. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I can't believe it. 30%, almost a third 
of the people under 30 that were surveyed support government surveillance cameras in every home. What? I'm not kidding. Young people seem more willing to prioritize safety over ensuring freedom. Three out of every 10 Americans under 30 years old favor the government installing surveillance cameras in every household to reduce domestic violence, abuse, and other illegal activities, according to the results of a new Cato Institute survey. Uh, Cato reports, we don't know how much of this preference for security over privacy or freedom is something unique to this generation, a cohort effect, or simply the result of youth age effect. However, there is a reason to think that part of this is generational. They conducted their 2023 Central Bank Digital Currency National Survey of 2,000 Americans in collaboration with YouGov from February 27th to March 8th, included a wide bunch of questions about ideology, ages, demographics. One question, which was, this is the exact question, would you favor or oppose the government installing surveillance cameras in every household to reduce domestic violence, abuse, and other illegal activities? Most people overall voted against the idea. Strongly favor? 6%. Even that is enormously more than I thought it would be. Somewhat favor? 8%. Neither favor or oppose? 10%. Somewhat oppose? 7%. And strongly opposed? Only 68%. So nearly, uh, just about 36, 8, 10, 7 to 30%. Don't care. Bring them on in. You know, when we lose our privacy, our private self, we've lost everything. That is the last thing, the last freedom they can take from you. And when they take that, it's done. Stick a fork in it, put the lid on it, we're cooked, we are done. And at the moment, 30% of people under 30 years old say, yeah, sure, why not? Put the cameras in the houses, we don't mind. <laughs> I'm guessing they probably just haven't thought it through. I, I don't know, it's absolutely frightening. A couple more here, and um, they're head shakers. This one is incredible. Do you know the film The French Connection? It's an old film, a very old film. However, it is easily one of the best films ever made. I watched it a many, 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 many years ago. It is absolutely phenomenal. If you've never seen The French Connection... You need to see The French Connection, but apparently you need to find an original copy because of this crap. Woke fascists have censored the Best Picture winner, 
the French Connection. There is a still from the film. Man, that's a good film. I'm gonna I gotta watch that again. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, people have begun to notice what they did quite quietly. The woke fascists have censored the French Connection. It won the Oscar for Best Picture. Ten minutes into William Friedkin's masterpiece, with the characters of Jimmy Popeye Doyle, who's played by Gene Hackman, and Buddy Cloudy Rosso, Roy Schneider, are being established. They're, they're, you know, a scene that establishes the characters and then, you know, lets the audience know what they're all about. They are narcotics detectives, and they exchange the following dialogue. You, I can't read all this or I'll get, I'll get muted. Doyle, you dumb guinea, cloudy. How the hell did I know he had a knife? Doyle, never trust a N-word. Cloudy, he could have been white. Doyle, never trust anyone. Now that happens after a long day of the black drug pusher slashes Russo. A commentator at Hollywood Elsewhere noticed the censorship while watching the urban classic on the Criterion Channel, a streaming platform. Uh, it's dedicated to preserving old films, which is great. It gets worse, by the way. According to Hollywood Elsewhere commentators, the movie was censored at a May 12th screening at the American Cinemate uh, Cinematique Aero Theater. Turner Classic Movies is running a censored print, and iTunes is selling a censored print. Looks like the film's distributor, 20th Century Fox, censoring and vandalizing, which is exactly right, completely vandalizing one of the greatest movies ever made and licensing out this bullshit censored version. The child groomers at Disney strike again. So unless Arrow, the Criterion Channel, Turner Classic Movies, and iTunes are censoring the movies on their own, which is not likely, the art vandals here are the perverts and fetishists at Walt Disney, which own the films. Imagine how morally broken Disney has to be to think it's okay to expose our kids, incapable of consent, to all kinds of adult sexuality. But then the same Disney, if Disney is responsible for these ridiculous censorship edits, vandalizes a classic piece of American cinematography to protect adults from a racial slur, 50-year-old R-rated movie. If you have not seen this film, find an uncensored copy and watch it. And Disney, keep your freaking hands off our kids, and apparently now we have to say, off our films. All right. One more, then we're going to get on with our book. This is a quick one. It's visual. If you're listening on the podcast, I'm sorry. You're going to have to go over to Rumble and check out the show about the 36-minute mark or so. <laughs> this is so funny. Oh, man. We always end with something like this before we get on to our book. This man, this is from Historic Vid's account on Twitter. This is the actual tweet I'm going to show you in a second. This man 
was a teacher for 40 years. And at year two or three, on picture day, you know, they always have picture day and then they have the yearbook and all that. On picture day, after two or three years, he realized he'd worn the same outfit in the two previous years in the past. And he got this idea that he would continue to wear the same outfit for picture day for his entire teaching career, which lasted from 1973 to 2012. Take a look. <laughs> it goes on and on and on. Oh, man. Look at that. I, I can just, that looks like all of them. There we go. From all the way, let me get my, uh, let me get my mouse back. All the way up here, the first one, two, three, four, five, there's a 40-year career here wearing the same outfit. And I think it looks like every year he had the same mustache. He clean, changed glasses styles a few times, but the same outfit. And there is his final picture day from a 40-year career, all in the same outfit. <laughs> Good on you, dude. Good on you. That is fantastic. The link to that, by the way, that, that tweet is in our show notes, so you can check it out for yourself if you want to. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Okay, hang on. Blackout coffee break. Ooh. In my Jay Sheldon Show merchandise mug, you can get this. There's a link in our show notes for all kinds of cool merchandise. I don't push it a lot because I don't want to bother you with it. If you're so inclined, check it out. You can get some cool stuff with our logo on it and help to support the show. And we really appreciate you doing that. All right. We have been reading classic children's literature books on this show forever. 382 shows we've been doing that practically. And uh, we have done The Wizard of Oz, The Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, you name it. So many great uh, uh, white fang. And as suggested by one of our viewers, uh, because we live in times that are amazingly, frighteningly similar, I'm telling you, George Orwell knew from what he spoke and what he wrote. So we started reading George Orwell's 1984. Just about, uh, about what, uh, maybe a month ago? We're up to chapter nine, and we're going to continue on, get through as far as we can here tonight, and then we will pick it up again on tomorrow night's show. We read a little piece of it going all the way through chronologically, of course. And uh, I'm telling you, the more I read this book, the more I shake my head and say, man, this is today. We are living in this world George Orwell created. As you know, Winston had finally managed to get himself alone at the table with that girl. He didn't look at her. He unpacked his tray, promptly began eating. It was all important to speak at once before anyone else came, but now a terrible fear had taken possession of him. A week had gone by since she'd first approached him. She could have changed her mind. She, she must have changed her mind. It was impossible this affair would end successfully. Such things didn't happen in real life. He might have flinched altogether from speaking if at this moment he hadn't seen Ampleforth, the hairy-eared poet, wandering limply round the room with a tray, looking for a place 
to sit down. In his vague way, Ampleforth was attached to Winston and would certainly sit down at this table if he caught sight of him. There was perhaps a minute in which to act. Both Winston and the girl were eating steadily. The stuff they were eating was a thin stew, actually a, a soup of haricot beans. In a low murmur, Winston began speaking. Neither of them looked up. Steadily they spooned the watery stuff into their mouths, and between spoonfuls exchanged the few necessary words in low, expressionless voices. What time do you leave work? 18.30. Where can we meet? Victory Square, near the monument. It's full of telescreens. Doesn't matter if there's a crowd. Any signal? No. Don't come up to me until you see me among a lot of people. Don't look at me. Just keep somewhere near me. What time? Nineteen hours. All right. Ampleforth failed to see Winston and sat down at another table. They did not speak again, and, so far as it was possible for two people sitting on opposite sides of the same table, they didn't look at one another. The girl finished her lunch quickly and made off, while Winston stayed to smoke a cigarette. Winston was in Victory Square before the appointed time. He wandered round the base of the enormous fluted column at the top of which Big Brother's statue gazed southward towards the skies where he had vanquished the Eurasian aeroplanes, the eastern aeroplanes it had been a few years ago, in the Battle of Airstrip One. In the street in front of it, there was a statue of a man on horseback which was supposed to represent Oliver Cromwell. At five minutes past the hour, the girl still had not appeared. Again, the terrible fear seized upon Winston. She wasn't coming. She'd changed her mind. He walked slowly up to the north side of the square, got a sort of pale-colored pleasure from identifying St. Martin's Church, whose bells, when it had bells, had chimed, You owe me three farthings. And then he saw the girl, standing at the base of the monument, reading or pretending to read a poster, which ran spirally up the column. It was not safe to go near her until some more people had accumulated. There were telescreens all around the pediment. But at this moment there was a din of shouting, a zoom of heavy vehicles from somewhere to the left. Suddenly... Everyone seemed to be running across the square. The girl nipped nimbly round the lions at the base of the monument and joined in the rush. Winston followed. As he ran, he gathered from some shouted remarks that a convoy of Eurasian prisoners was passing. Already a dense mass of people was blocking the south side of the square. Winston, at normal times, the kind of person who gravitates to the outer edge of any of these kinds of scrimmages, shoved, butted, and squirmed his way forward into the heart of the crowd. Soon he was within arm's length of the girl. 
but the way was blocked by an enormous prole and an almost equally enormous woman, presumably his wife, who seemed to form an impenetrable wall of flesh. Winston wriggled himself sideways, and with a violent lunge managed to drive his shoulder between them. For a moment, it felt as though his entrails were being ground to pulp between the two muscular hips. And then he had broken through, sweating a little. He was next to the girl. They were shoulder to shoulder, both staring fixedly in front of them. A long line of trucks with wooden-faced guards armed with submachine guns standing upright in each corner was passing slowly down the street. In the trucks, little yellow men in shabby greenish uniforms were squatting, jammed close together. Their sad Mongolian faces gazed out over the sides of the trucks, utterly incurious. Occasionally, when a truck jolted, there was a clank-clank of metal. All the prisoners were wearing leg irons. Truckload after truckload of the sad faces passed. Winston knew that there were, but he saw them only intermittently. The girl's shoulder and her right arm down to the elbow were pressed against his. Her cheek almost near enough for him to feel its warmth. So she immediately took charge of the situation, just as she'd done in the canteen. She began speaking in the same expressionless voice as before, with lips barely moving, a mere murmur easily drowned by the din of voices and the rumble of the trucks. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you get Sunday afternoon off? Yes. Then listen carefully. You have to remember this. Go to Paddington Station. With a sort of military precision that astonished him, she outlined the route that he was to follow. A half-hour railway journey, turn left outside the station, two kilometers along the road, a gate with the top bar missing, a path across a field, a grass-grown lane, a track between bushes, a dead tree with moss on it. It was as, as, as though she had the map in her head. Can you remember all that? She murmured finally. Yes. You turn left, then right, then left again, and the gate's got no top bar. Yes. What time? About fifteen. You may have to wait. I'll get there by another way. And are you sure you remember everything? Yes. Then get away from me as quick as you can. She need not have told him that. But for the moment they could not extricate themselves from the crowd. The trucks were still filing past, the people still insatiably gaping. At the start there had been a few boos and hisses, but... It came only from the party members among the crowd and soon stopped. The prevailing emotion was simply curiosity. Foreigners, whether from Eurasia or East Asia, were a kind of strange animal. One literally never saw them except in the guise of prisoners. And even as prisoners, one never got more than a momentary glimpse of them. 
nor did he know what became of them. Apart from the few who were hanged as war criminals, the others simply vanished, presumably into forced labor camps. The round Mongol faces had given way to faces of a more European type. Dirty, bearded, exhausted. From over-scrubby cheekbone eyes looking into Winston, sometimes with strange intensity, flashed away again. The convoy was drawing to an end. In the last truck he could see an aged man, his face a mass of grisly hair, standing upright with wrists crossed in front of him, as though he were used to having them bound together. It was almost time for Winston and the girl to part, but at the last moment, all the crowd still hemmed them in, her hand felt for his, and gave it a fleeting squeeze. It could not have been more than ten seconds, and yet it seemed like such a long time that their hands were clasped together. He had time to learn every detail of her hand. He explored the long fingers, the shapely nails, the work-hardened palm with its row of calluses, the smooth flesh under the wrist. Merely from feeling it, he would have known it by sight. In the same instant, it occurred to him that he did not know what color the girl's eyes were. They were probably brown, but people with dark hair sometimes had blue eyes. To turn his head and look at her would have been inconceivable folly. With hands locked together, invisible among the press of bodies, they stared steadily in front of them. And instead of the eyes of the girl, the eyes of the aged prisoner gazed mournfully at Winston, out of nests of hair. Powerful. That's the end of chapter 9. We will move on to chapter 10 coming up. In our next stream, beginning tomorrow night, we'll start chapter 10. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much. Be sure to like and subscribe. Follow us here on Rumble. Right there is the follow button. Just give that a click. Free for you. Costs nothing and really helps the show out a lot. Our show, the audio part, also a podcast. You'll find us on Apple iTunes, uh, Rum, uh, Spotify, rather. Anywhere you find your podcast, look for The Jay Sheldon Show. You'll find us there and give us a subscribe. All right, I will see you again tomorrow. Good night. Snort. <laughs>